welcome to the Crazy Woman Podcast, where we discuss the challenges of leaving organized religion, in our case, evangelical fundamentalism. We share our past experiences growing up in the Christian church and talk about how we're now learning to navigate the emotional complexities of finding our true selves in our free lives. Hello, we are the Crazy Women. I'm Jamie. And I'm Kristen. And we're your hosts, and we love having you here. So today, our topic is, is my church a cult? And what I actually did, um, (laughs) I wrote this a little while ago, so I'm not entirely sure. But I think what I did when I sort of wrote our little outline for this was I (laughs) went to the actually to the Webster's Dictionary and looked at the definition for a cult and sort of expanded Mm -hmm. on it. I I mean, that's not a bad place to start. No, that's great. Get your key points. Mm-hmm. Globally accepted definition for any terminology mm-hmm. in the English language. So I, I guess that works. Um, but yeah, that's what we're going to talk about today is how you know if your church is a cult or not, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. And this is going to be fun. <laughs> yeah. I think it's really important too to kind of talk about the whole issue of labeling because a lot of times we want to just label things, cult, 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 like to kind of write them off. Mm-hmm. And I think that can be, that, that can feel really, that can be really unhelpful, you know, and judgmental. And I think that the important thing to remember is that like you, a organization can have a lot of these points and have a lot of cultish (laughs) practices. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean this is a cult. Do you know what I mean? Like how we, Right. We're just talking about things that characterize um, sort of common things that happen in cults. And this can be, uh, they can be, Mm -hmm. show up in all kinds of organizations, whether or not they're technically a cult or not. Right. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we don't want to be it's it can be really harmful to make sweeping broad generaliz- generalizations and say every single church out there is a cult because that's not remotely true. Right. Uh, but there are a lot that um, unfortunately do fall into mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that definition mm-hmm. where they're no longer interested in serving uh the individuals and are just requiring devotion Mm -hmm. instead of uh, actually serving you and providing you with any sort of uh, joy in your life. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's, that's what uh, we're mostly going to be talking about today. And I imagine as Kristen mentioned earlier, um, a lot of people aren't going to be happy Mm -hmm. this episode. That's the fun part. (laughs) This and I do want to say before we start, these are things Kristen and I have experienced. So we're not mm-hmm. we're not just you know speaking in the abstract here. These are organizations that we have both been a part of and come out of. And like, wow, okay, yeah, that was not a healthy place for me to be. That was not um, an organization that was not serving me in any way. That was requiring that was requiring me. Mm-hmm. So um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is this is personal for both yes. of us. But the first point that defines that defines a cult is devotion to the methodology is absolutely required mm-hmm. meaning you can't question it right you're you're either good or bad based on your acceptance of the party lines yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. 
whether it's a church creed or the way they structure their service or, you know, um, it can be odd little things, mm-hmm. I feel like. Like, um, oh, I know a lot of churches, uh, different de- denominations have wild disagreements disagreements over, uh, like, Passover, the Lord's yes. Supper, like, what those are and what those represent. That can be a huge line in the sand. Right. And you have to... For some reason, that one's incredibly divisive. Mm-hmm. And you have to, uh, if you are going to be in with your organization, you really do have to meet them where they are when it comes to that and other, other things like that. That's all. Yeah. there. I've heard of so many instances of people trying to join churches and then there was a disagreement about, you know, children receiving the um, the Lord's Supper. And it was like, you can't be a part of our church if you're if you want your children to partake or vice versa. If you are uncomfortable with something, an issue like that, or you just have questions about it and you bring them up with other members of the church or, you know, other le- or leaders of the church and you find yourself uh, uh, coming up against a stone wall or coming up ag- a lot of, against a lot of uh, virulence, mm-hmm. then uh, that's a red flag. That would be a huge red flag for me because questions should always be encouraged. Yeah. And there's also like lifestyle things that are required mm-hmm. as well. Like if you're... Mm-hmm. Um, if you're choosing an alternative sexual experience or if you are right doing anything like, you know, um, drinking more than, you know, the, the church mm-hmm. says is allowed, um, mm-hmm. you will be excommunicated by m- most churches. So it's like, you're not allowed in the group anymore because you're mm-hmm. not, you're not performing the way that, y- you know, you're not mm-hmm. living according to this methodology of this um, requirement. And that, that causes so many issues that in my experience brought up so many problems of people being just the whole excommunication issue. Just being like, it's just a club then, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah. You're, again, this is like, like you, you don't look good in their picture. Like, this is where kind of the breaking point is for me, me a lot with a lot of this is, um, it, there, it, this is not an organization anymore that's there to provide comfort or hope or any sort of encouragement for you because you just don't mm-hmm. fit. And that's when, for me, it really starts to become an issue and my little warning light goes off. Like, so I, you don't want me in the class photo mm-hmm. um, it just because I asked a question. Mm-hmm. That's when things start getting dangerous. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of flows into the second point, which was leaders are not to be questioned that that different different way of saying the same thing but uh well and the leaders have all the answers right (laughs) yeah um yeah my family has actually been kicked out of churches because they have questions Mm. about the service and you know i wasn't in the room for these conversations so i don't quite know how they went but i that's not by no means the only time i've heard about that when you go when you say something to one of the church leaders, like, I don't know if I agree with that, or hmm, I'm not, I'm not sure that I'm on board with your definition of this, that, and you get a, um, hmm, narcissistic-esque response. Mm -hmm. Again, that's another big flag. You don't, you don't want to, (laughs) you don't want one person who believes he or she to be in total authority of your mind and the way you think. Right. Yeah. And there's, there's such an element of um, we want so much for someone to give us the answers, 
that we, Mm -hmm. we give away that control. And I think that we tend to, um, really villainize leaders in cults or, you know, churches that are heavily controlling. We tend to think that they're on a power, you know, the leaders are on a power trip or whatever. And I, I've been thinking about this more and realizing it's, it's actually more the responsibility of the people within giving their power away mm-hmm. and looking to the outside mm-hmm. and being, please tell us what, you know, Oh, I love what you're saying. And so you must have all the answers and I'm going to go look to you for everything. And that's when the yeah. use of power begins because that person is getting way more power than is really healthy for them. Um, mm-hmm. But it's just this, yeah, like this, this person is enlightened. This person has the truth. This person has all of the answers for everything. And that's when this imbalance really occurs for me. Yeah. If you ever find yourself starting to think that like this person knows Mm -hmm. everything and you're sort of uh, making a deity out of them. That's that's when it's time to step back and examine either the organization itself or how you are showing up in the organization, how you're giving yourself yes. to it. Yeah. Oh man, I've done that so many times. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all guilty of that to some degree, yeah. right? When you just realize you've been taking someone's word for something, you really yeah. as soon as you turn off your own critical thinking and just start relying on somebody else to push and pull you around. Right. No, no matter what the circumstance, it's not a healthy place yeah, to be. Yeah, exactly. And that's how people get into so many sticky, weird situations in organizations and churches and cults because they've already given up that power. And then suddenly you're mm-hmm. very manipulable. Manip- manipulatable? Manipulable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're easily manipulated. Um, Uh And that's, yeah, that's, you you know, you put yourself in that position and then it's really tricky at that point. Yeah. 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 And the um, third point is these are all flowing. Yeah, they're all kind of connected, aren't they? Yeah. 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 They're variations Mm -hmm. on a theme. suppression of oneself is mandatory. And then I threw my little note there because I have found this to be the case, particularly of Mm -hmm. women. The children Mm -hmm. as well. Very much. Even more (laughs) so, I would say, than women. Children are very suppressed. What did that look like for you? The suppression of children? Um, Well, children are just so powerless um, because... Mm -hmm they're, they're just not honored and respected for where they are. It's like, you are, um, you're already, they haven't learned how to totally disconnect themselves. And so we have to train them to be disconnected. And so, you know what I mean? Because we, as adults who are, you know, quote unquote, enlightened, we figured out how to completely disconnect ourselves from our emotion and reactions and how to act in a completely artificial and fake way. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you have not let, so, so you have so much more sin in your life. Cause that's actually what sin is, is just like genuineness. <laughs> really? Like what? <laughs> yeah. So, so children are, are not trying to hold anything in. Right. And so they're like at the bottom of the food chain because they they don't, they can't climb the like piety ladder there. 
right? <laughs> I was thinking it's, it's suppression of, yeah, per- personality, mm. individuality, kind mm-hmm. of. I was thinking this one particular example of a church I used to belong to. Um, two of the members who were about my age during some event or other, they were caught in a back room making out, <gasps> which if you grew up in a reformed Christian household, you'll know what a gasping oh, yeah. moment that is. You catch two like 20-year-olds, unmarried, uncourting 20-year-olds <laughs> making out. Uncourting. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big deal. <laughs> um and at the time, like, everyone was like, how dare they? And I was still part of the system then, so I, I thought, how dare they? Same as everyone else. But in hindsight, it's so funny looking back on that couple of things. First of all, so again, we're talking about suppression of oneself being mandatory. So this is suppression of sexual mm-hmm. desires. And you're they're just simply not allowed to surface right. until after you've said the marriage vows, you know, said those exact words in that exact right order. Then you can do whatever you want. Now it's legal and totally fine. But before that, um, you are basically supposed to represent as chaste apostate or not apostate. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? I can't think of. My brain's fuzzy and full of allergies. <laughs> Um, castra no castra is not the right word either I can't wait for allergy season to be over Um, but you are supposed to be extremely virginal and looking back on that one specific instance it's so funny and seeing that play out I'm now realizing multiple times the women, the woman in such instances will always be villainized more heavily yes. than the man because what a little seductive temptress. Right. <laughs> Poor men can't help themselves. <laughs> it's up to us to be chased so they don't accidentally do anything. Oh my God. It's, yeah. There's, oh man. I feel like that's like a whole can of worms to get into. Like, that's another, that's another the few whole episodes. modesty <laughs> thing of like, yeah, you're responsible. Uh, Poor men are just like, oh, fuck that. They, shit so hard. they can't help themselves. They're just these mindless <laughs> apes and we're like these. Yeah, oh, poor terrible things. seductresses. Yeah, we are trying we, to show cleavage. Like, how dare you? <laughs> horrible little bitches. <laughs> oh my. Anyway, we deviate. That that will be a that'll fun, be a good that'll episode. be fun though. We Stay tuned, folks. <laughs> oh, and this. Okay, so the next point, and this one is huge for me. Like, I feel like I'm gonna go off on this one. This was actually, I feel like, one of the first things that I really realized about how dangerous religious organizations can be. This one this one blew my mind when I started sort of logically breaking it down and stepping outside of the box, was that if you are in whatever organization, whatever denomination, all other belief systems are going to be treated as suspect if, if the organization is unhealthy and a huge chunk of them are. But all other ways of believing in whatever you are believing in is not right. right. It's just wrong. Yeah. There's no allowance for any differences of opinion or it's just very black and white and everyone outside is wrong. That was when I had a real, I cannot remember if I've mentioned this before. I apologize if I have. Um, 
one of my first huge wake up moments, I'm pretty sure I have said this before, but I'm going to say <laughs> it again, is that um, when I started to wake up and my eyes started to open, I realized that everybody else thought they were as right as mm -hmm. I did. And nobody was walking around, you know, Catholics, Presbyterians, Methodists, nobody, nobody was walking around thinking, getting some like fiendish little thrill out of knowing that they were secretly wrong and rebellious on purpose. Nobody was doing that. They, they all thought that they were in complete truth the way I had thought that I was in complete truth. And that blew my mind because I remember going, but I thought I was in the complete truth and I was told they were mm -hmm. wrong and they were probably going to hell because they take the Lord's Supper a little mm -hmm. differently. How dare yeah. they? And that's like we talked about a couple weeks ago in a different episode about how ostracizing that is because there's no respect for other opinions and other viewpoints. It's just writing everyone off like, oh, well, mm -hmm. they're a universalist or a Methodist or whatever mm -hmm. it is. Mm -hmm. um, there's, it's just such an arrogant way of viewing other people. And that really cuts off all mm -hmm. connection. It really does. And it's, again, it keeps you, and enhances that cult experience because it keeps you um, safe right. in the one true organization. It keeps you there. It keeps you scared of anything that's not this. Yes. <laughs> and I, I'm watching, it's interesting, I'm watching this documentary about this um, this group that is being called a cult. Um, and they're talking about some of the people that were really high up in the organization started seeing things and started leaving. And they were talking about how they now felt like their presence was some sort they, they could see how everyone viewed them as like contaminants. <laughs> like everyone's mm -hmm. like, Oh, stay, stay away because they have the icky virus. And, um, mm -hmm. That's just part of that, that whole thinking of like, if you're questioning, if you're thinking something wrong, quote unquote, you're, we have to stay away from you because you're dangerous and you're going to contaminate everyone yeah. around you. Yeah. And that actually goes perfectly into the fifth point, which is how do you know if your organization is displaying cultish behaviors? Elimination. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> the troublemakers can't be allowed to stay. Right. They're going to infect well, it everybody. Would collapse. With it, they can't. Thinking. They really can't. Yeah. No. It's it's not 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 a luxury uh, uh, closed community can afford. Right. Someone who is starting to expand their way of thinking. Yeah, and there is again that whole idea of the organization, the structure is more important than the individuals within it. And so if an individual mm -hmm. is causing a problem, they're expendable and they have to be sent away in order to maintain the integrity of the, the structure. It's so depressing. I'm just doing all these conversations and talking to you. I can't believe how much is coming back to me and how much I'm remembering of being in those organizations and mm -hmm. thinking like, Wow, what the, just ooh? So that person is just comfortable with the knowledge that they are now going to hell and defend and offending Almighty God <laughs> because they they questioned the Apostles' Creed. Right. You, you know, weird little things like that. But I remember being there, and mm -hmm. and you you're you're just so unaware. Yeah. Well, the story you're told is like, well, they're they're in rebellion, so you're mm -hmm. thinking, okay, they're just throwing caution to the wind. They're saying. 
They're giving God the <laughs> middle finger. They don't want anything. They're just going to do whatever they want. They don't care about anybody or anybody else. You know, that's kind of how p- people that leave are portrayed. And so it's that that makes sense that that's what you think. Like that's what I thought too. And then actually, when you go through that experience and you actually leave and come to see that those things, you realize, <laughs> oh. This is not just a giant F you. This is actually mm-hmm. just a changing and an evolving and a, you know, a difference of opinion. And that's not, doesn't need to be condemnation. It doesn't need to be mm-hmm. rebellion. Right. But mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. that's how it's portrayed. Again, and this is a theme I feel like we keep coming back to. It just shows like how separated from your heart you have to remain which is you know huge was like one of our it was definitely one of our three reasons each I think why we decided we couldn't be part of these Mm -hmm. organizations anymore it's just I, I remember when I began to sort of open up my mind to this I was just my it was, I think my very first initial emotional response was almost like euphoria because I went, I do not have to be scared of all these people yeah. anymore. I can just enjoy these fleeting moments of interaction with all these people mm. without having to wonder like what their deal is. You know, are they gay? Are they going to contaminate me accidentally somehow? Right. You know, I didn't have to worry about that anymore. All I could, all I had to think about was like, Hey, you're cool. I like you. And and it could the world was just so much more free. Yeah. It was so much more friendly and open of a place. Yeah. And I think the interesting thing is how little you're aware of that, at least I was, how little I was aware of that when I was in it, of how much stress mm-hmm. I was under. You just can't see that when you're in it until you until you um start to shed some of that and you realize like Oh, this is so much easier. This is so much better. This is- it's it's incredibly difficult to maintain yeah. that uh, position all the time. It's incredibly difficult. Yes. It's it's uh, but you know, and, and I I would say for me, I was fully aware of how stressful it was mm. when I was active an active participant but it's termed and i think a lot of people are but it's termed as an active service mm. i was literally told countless times this is how you know you're serving god and making him happy if your soul is suffering <laughs> the more suffering you're doing the unhappier i was actually a child told these mm-hmm. things the unhappier happier you are and the more suffering you're going through well, the more pleased with you God is going to be. So this life is going to be no fun mm. whatsoever. But hopefully that that sacrifice will be enough to get you the other side of the pearly gates, fingers crossed. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's a really interesting, that idea of, uh, what's the word I'm like? Villainization of yourself is at the core of cult cults or cult-like organizations you have to, again, as we talked about before, disconnect the individual from themselves and they have to be self-condemning in order to cooperate, Ah. right? So you have to be constantly questioning your own motives, your own Mm -hmm. desires, your own feelings. Um, Mm -hmm. 
And that's how you keep people looking to an external source because you're bad or immature. I, the, this documentary that I'm watching is not is not a religious cult at all. It's like a self-improvement cult, but it's the same mm-hmm. exact thing is going on where it's like, oh, well, you're just doing that because you're not healed enough. And so you're just trying to avoid the pain. And so you're lesser therefore, and you must do X, Y, Z in order to ascend. Mm -hmm. It's just Mm -hmm. the same thing in a different context. It is the same thing. And and that's why I do like, this isn't strictly speaking, I think we mentioned this in our little teaser episode. This isn't specific to religion. It's just organizations that want to, um, that just want Mm -hmm. you. They, they, they need you. That I do find that funny because I, I feel like that's uh um yes, how a lot of these groups get a following is <laughs> they create a problem that didn't necessarily Oh, it's exist. marketing one on one. It is marketing one on one. You didn't know that you were an evil rotten sinner and that there was absolutely no good in you whatsoever. You didn't know that you were failing at your life. You I mean, oh. I'm sure there everybody has things in their life that they wish were improved or different, but you didn't know what a bastardized mess of it you were making until this organization came along and pointed it out and offered you a solution in the Mm. same breath. That is, Mm. that is creepy. Mm. (laughs) That is cult. That is, that is the cult foundation. I never even thought about that. Like how much it's just, that's, that is, it's marketing 101. Like that's just what you did. You create Mm -hmm. the problem. So it's like, you're preying on some little sliver of unhappiness or unworthiness that 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 person may have. And you're like, ah, do you see this? You mm-hmm. need this in order to be happy, mm-hmm. in order to be whole. In order... So, and that's how you get pulled in. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's incredibly creepy. It's incredibly depressing. Um, okay. So I'm, in in a way, I'm kind of going to brag a little bit and compare this to how incredible my husband is. So I, being raised the way that I was, I never experienced unconditional love till I met mm-hmm. my husband. Um, thankfully, I was fairly young when I met him. Um, but he married me even though I was a mess. I was young and I was foolish and I was just, um, and I was really damaged physically and emotionally damaged, but he didn't need any of that in me Mm -hmm. to change. And that was the first time in my life that I experienced unconditional love. He loves me just because, just because. And I was thinking, comparing this to when I was a little kid and I was asking my parents, like, uh, why does Jesus save you? How does Jesus save you? And, and, and they said, well, because you're a sinner. And, and I said, well, vague, vague, vaguely remembering these conversations and, um, me saying, why is it so necessary to feel guilty about our sin? I'm sure I didn't say it that eloquently. I was a small child. And, and they said, well, you have to feel that guilty about your sin so that you need to, you know, you need to be saved and you go find Jesus. And I'm just comparing this all this now to like organizations, relationships, anything that are healthy for you to be in do not need you to change. They do not prey on any flaws of yours. They just accept you, whether it's a person or any, any sort of structure that is truly honoring of you as a person and is happy for you to be there and actually loves you. They are not pointing out your weaknesses 
in order to loop you right. in. They're not saying because of this flaw of yours, you're unlovable, but that's okay. I'm going to help you with that. Any Anything that does that to you is not a healthy or loving place for, for you to be. It's not going to be supportive of you. It's not going to help you thrive. Right. And it's the same for relationships too. Exactly the same mm-hmm. type of thing. You don't want mm-hmm. – who wants to be in a relationship with someone who's like, well, I'll be your friend if we can – if I can help you do – you know, be a better person because mm-hmm. right now you're pretty mm-hmm. messed up. That's mm-hmm. not, <laughs> it doesn't work, but somehow we think it works in these other contexts. Anything that withholds love or acceptance on a conditional right. basis is not a good place for you to be. Whether or not you can define it as a cult, n- not all the time, but it's se- certainly not a place that's going to help you be who you are or a relationship that's going to help you um, become who you truly are. It's not going to be a healthy place for you to live your life. You're not going to thrive. Yeah. And I I think that having been through the experiences that we have, it makes you very hyper aware of that type of energy in any type of situation. For me, it's like when I start to feel that or see that in any way, a red flag immediately goes off of this like it's it's just not a free flowing energy it's there's not this love that's mm-hmm. just flowing through you and through all the people mm-hmm. around you it's like oh not that oh it's there's so much resistance mm-hmm. around mm-hmm. everything like this is not quite what i want this is not right this is not allowed um and we can you know that i feel like that opens a whole nother can of worms about morality where we get our morals and everything which you could talk about yeah. another time but the only way for someone to feel truly loved and respected is for that energy to completely be flowing and not be constantly withheld on a conditional basis. Yeah. Yeah. It's really the truth. Okay, guys. So that's, those are the five main things to look for. And uh, we do have an Instagram page. It's the crazy woman podcast. Um, on Instagram if you want to check us out and we'd love to continue the conversation so if you have any thoughts you want to add to anything that we talked about feel free to send us a DM or comment on any of our posts because we'd love to um, discuss more and see or you know find out what what you've experienced and um, just kind of connect in that way so um, thanks for being here and we will see you again next time thanks so much for listening everybody 